Hi, Ann Pearson here. And before I begin today's episode, I'm excited to tell you about the Paralegal Bootcamp's new three-step roadmap to manage cases like a rock star paralegal. If you're fairly new to litigation, this quick start guide will help you figure out three things that you can be doing to help you better anticipate what the attorney needs before they have to ask for it. It'll help reduce some of those last minute scrambles, especially if you're working for an attorney who's a procrastinator or someone who doesn't always share all of the important case information with you. I put this three-step roadmap into a downloadable PDF for you, and it's completely free. You can get yours on our website at paralegal-bootcamp.com forward slash three steps. Hi there, you're listening to the Paralegals on Fire podcast show where you'll be getting tips and actionable strategies that you can use right now to fast track your paralegal career. I'm your host, Ann Pearson, former paralegal and paralegal manager who left big law in the concrete jungle to start my own company, the Paralegal Bootcamp, where we give online courses that help paralegals make more money, increase their job security, and cut out the learning curve. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. The paralegal survey results are in. If you've been a podcast listener for a while, you know we ran a paralegal survey a few months ago and asked some questions that were a little different than most paralegal surveys. When I say we, I'm using air quotes. I mean my company, the Paralegal Bootcamp. We asked paralegals to participate to find out if they were happy doing what they do. And if not, why not? And what could their employer improve? Hopefully, I've got some managers and lawyers listening in on this week's episode. And if you've been a listener for more than a few weeks, you know that I announced a while back that the survey was complete. But because of the responses I was seeing, I wanted some time to turn the survey results into something that was a little more than just me reading the results and comments to you. I wanted to give some actionable strategies. First, let me share the numbers with you. Of the people responding, 80% had the paralegal title as their official title. The other 20% was split pretty equally among three others, paralegal manager slash supervisor, legal secretary, and legal assistant. 34% had 20 plus years of experience, and 40% had 6 to 20 years of experience, while only 24% had 5 years or less of experience. Now let's talk about money. The two highest responses were in the forty dollars to $55,000 range. The $56,000 to $70,000 range was second. We had 6% in the ninety dollars to k range and another 6% in the over $100,000 salary range. What was interesting, if you think about those 6% ranges, the ninety dollars to $100,000 and over $100,000, the next question on the survey was, what range do you think you should be in? Almost 15% thought they should be in the $100,000 range based on their years of experience and their skill level. And another 13% thought they should be in the 90 to 100K range. So that should be about 28% versus 12%. With that, you might think that there were a lot of paralegals responding who worked in large firms or big law, as we like to call it. Nope. 
Only 12% of the responses came from people working in firms that had more than 40 attorneys. And really, if you think about it, 40 attorneys in most metropolitan cities would probably be considered more of a mid-sized firm than the big firms. Instead, a majority of the responses, a whopping 42% of them, work in firms with five or less attorneys. Here's a number I was a little surprised at. 75% of the people responding did not leave or change jobs during the Great Resignation. Then we asked what motivated that 25% to leave. It wasn't all about the money. 35% left because they were dissatisfied with their work conditions and management. Compare that to the money, which only ranked at 21%. There were three common themes to all of the responses. That is, three common themes to the question, what kind of changes would you like to see that would make you happier at work and changes that could help you do a better job? The first one was they want more training. Number two was lack of communication and mutual respect. Number three was money. Surprisingly, and this is important, if you're a manager, supervisor, or attorney listening, come back to me for this one. Number three was money because it was listed in their comments less than the other two. That's right. Less than the other two reasons. Of course, everyone wants more money. But what these paralegals wrote in their comments was more about training and career advancement opportunities and mutual respect. You can't always fix everything with money. But a little more of it doesn't ever hurt. Here's some of the responses as they wrote them. And we'll start with the first category on training. No one has the time to train me. No one has the time to explain. I'm expected to magically know. So instead, I buy books on Amazon and read exemplars on Google. If you don't want Google training your new paralegals, then give them the tools they need. They want to do a good job for you. In fact, hold on. I want to pull up a copy of this course review that someone wrote a while back after taking the litigation boot camp. Because what she wrote really hit home, and I bet it will with you too. It was a long review. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but it did partially strike me on the training part. Here it is. She wrote in air quotes, on the job training has meant I'm going to make my best guess under pressure with little or no guidance. And that's been hard for me because I care deeply about doing good work. When I read that part of her review, I could relate back to when I was still early in my career. If you're the type of person who wants to do good work, you want it to be correct, you care deeply about your work product being correct, it is so freaking hard to sit there and guess about how to get something done under pressure with absolutely no guidance. That's what causes stress and burnout in the paralegal profession, one of the many things. Here's another response of what kind of changes that they'd like to see. I'd like more training opportunities and incentives for partaking in webinars and other growth tools. Another one wrote, I have received nearly zero training and am given assignments where I'm left to just figure it out. Here's one who said they left during the great resignation because they wanted to work in a culture that focuses on learning and training. This one said, I want more training and less, quote, 
Here's the job, go figure it out, end quote. When I first read some of these responses a few weeks ago, that's when I delayed the initial recording of this episode because I said to myself, I'm not going to be able to just read a bunch of these comments and not be able to do anything to help or give some kind of actionable strategy. So I wanted to be able to figure that out, get them into categories and figure out if there were some actionable strategies that I could give you for each. So if you're someone who's not getting any kind of on-the-job training and you feel like it's a sink or swim kind of atmosphere at work, your first actionable strategy is to listen to podcast episode 47, I believe. is Yeah, 47 is the number. It was titled, How to Get Your Firm to Invest in Your Career Development. But let's say you've already asked and the answer was no. Well, first, I would suggest that if you followed the steps that I outlined in that earlier episode, and you did your research on what you needed to know, how much is it going to cost, et cetera, et cetera, and they still said no, I would first question, is this where you want to work? Do you want to work for a place that does not give one iota about whether or not you're successful in your position? A position that's serving their clients. But that could be a whole other episode. Let's set that aside for a moment and assume it was just a big fat no and you absolutely have no other job opportunities available because you're in a small town, or you really like the people you don't want to leave. Let's do that. Start with a list of the top five critical things that you need to know how to do, how to master, in order to not sink. What are the five critical things? In other words, five things that if you don't do them right, eventually it could cost you your job. Then map out a plan on how to get the training on those five things first and just focus on those. So start with the free options. Is this something you can learn from shadowing a coworker? Is it something you can learn from watching some YouTube tutorials? Or can you reach out to another paralegal, maybe even a person outside your firm, someone you went to school with? Are there free trainings online? For example, if you're struggling with a table of authorities or getting something to work in Microsoft Excel, there are hundreds of free training sessions on Microsoft.com. So be resourceful. If you've looked at all of the potential free places, then I'd go ask your attorney how they would do it. Ask them, do you have five minutes to show me how to do XYZ on this project? Lastly, you might have to pull out your own wallet. I know, that stings. (laughs) I know, but you also know, and I tell this all the time on this podcast and everywhere else, that this is your paralegal career. You and you alone have the ability to make it or break it. You own your career. It stings, I know, because you've already invested so much money into that paralegal degree or that paralegal certificate program after you got your college degree. But what is your other option? To do nothing? No. That's not really an option. Otherwise, you've flushed all that money for school down the drain. And you know, I put out free content every single week that's specific to the paralegal profession. So go to my blog page and look up some resources by category or do a keyword search. Now, I will tell you that you're not going to get anywhere near the in-depth training that I do in my paid courses that are part of the paralegal bootcamp. That should be a given. If I'm selling courses, I can't also give everyone the same content for free and expect to stay in business for long. So keep that in mind with all of the free content that you find out there, not just mine. 
A business can only give you so much free content. All right, let's talk about the second category of responses. I'll call this one the communication and mutual respect category. Here's a few of them. When asked, what would you change about your current place of employment? First, there's no incentive to go above and beyond. Another one, would like to see more reward for the hardworking people. And yet another one, would like to work in an environment that had colleagues working together for a common goal with mutual respect. The next one, would like to be acknowledged for my contributions. Another one, I want open lines of communication between attorneys and staff, maybe some relationship slash team building exercises. All right, then there was one that was long. So I'll summarize and then read the last part as an exact quote. But essentially, this person works for an attorney who doesn't speak to this paralegal, not because he's mad or because something went wrong. This was the quote. I don't want to be his best friend, but it would be nice to be able to have more of a conversation other than good morning and have a good evening. I can count on one hand the number of compliments from him in the three years I've been here. Here's another. And I know where this one is coming from because I've seen this personally often. This person said, Our feedback doesn't just need to be solicited, but taken into account and acted upon. We give the same feedback repeatedly and nothing changes. And then there was this one, actually two. I'd like them to eliminate the bullying and have them get some sensitivity training. And the culture of the firm has been murdered by greed and middle management bullying. There were a bunch more than that that just listed, we want better communication, realistic expectations. And, oh, and stop calling us non-attorneys. Yeah. I mentioned that one in an episode a while back on things that I'm glad have changed in the paralegal profession. It has yet to change at some firms, but do a search inside LinkedIn for the words non-attorney or non-lawyer, and you'll find some heated discussions on the topic. For this one, my first actionable strategy is after you finish this episode, go listen to episode 23, a refresher on the seven C's of communication skills, and then use them. The reason I say that is because you have to display the type of behavior that you want to receive and the type of communication that you want to receive. The second actionable strategy for this one, assuming that you otherwise like where you work, then try to find out how does the other person like to communicate? Are they more of an email person, but you're a talker? Do they prefer in-person meetings and you're a texter? Is there a generation gap that's causing the bad communication? You might have to find a way to meet them in the middle. Or better yet, ask them up front if you can come up with a better communication method, whether that's weekly meetings, Zoom calls, phone calls, status reports. It all depends on the people and the decided upon preferred method of communication. That being said, for the two people who wrote about the bullying, if you're listening to this episode, my actual strategy for you two is to update your resume and get it to as many local recruiters as you can this week. Do not ever tolerate a hostile work environment. I'll say it again. Do not ever tolerate a hostile work environment. It is not worth your mental health and well-being. Our third primary category 
in the responses of things people wanted changed was more money. But like I said earlier, surprisingly, it wasn't the majority of people responding with that. Here are a few of the responses. This said more than just pay me what I'm worth, which is still a valid request and one that you should definitely make to your supervisor. I'll talk about that in a minute. But here were some quotes. There are no incentives at all for anything, which creates a truly spirit-crushing environment. Regardless if you give it your all and do extraordinary work, go above and beyond, or just spend most of your day browsing the web and display a bad attitude, you get the same raise slash bonus, same treatment, and no credit for your accomplishments or skill set. That was well written, because that's exactly what that is. Spirit crushing, I feel for you. And you know what? I feel sorry for your firm that it's going to lose good people because that's the environment that lazy people thrive in. And unless you decide to just be a quiet quitter and join the lazy crowd, one day you're going to be gone too. And one day they will regret it. Here's another one I heard. This person wants more opportunity for financial reward or benefit for doing the hard work and getting great results. This next one is, quote, Tired of hearing about big associate bonuses when the staff gets a $500 gift card. Another one that says the associates get bonuses when they literally just have to show up and read the work that we put together for them. And then finally, one that wrote, Raise my salary to at least match the other two paralegals with equivalent experience. I found out by accident what they make, and things have never been the same. Oh boy, I can agree with that. (laughs) You're never the same. It happened to me early in my career, and you're right, you are never the same. You start resenting your employer big time, and maybe sometimes even resenting your colleagues. Now, unfortunately, I don't have a separate actionable strategy for the money responses because every one of you is in a unique position with a unique skill set in varying markets and geographic locations, not to mention the size of the firm, the practice area that you work on. The list goes on and on. But what I can say is this, I said it a lot in last year's episodes, if you don't ask, the answer is always no, which came out in one of the interviews that I did last year, but is such a good statement that, and it applies to so many things, this too. And you know, actually could apply to all three of these categories if you think about it. If you don't ask them to provide training or pay for you to get the training outside the firm, then the answer is always no. If you don't ask for better lines of communication, the answer is always no. If you don't ask for mutual respect, well, the answer shouldn't always be no. You should get it. You shouldn't have to ask for it. But you see where I'm going with this. And if you don't ask for more money, the answer is always no. To everyone who took the time to take the Paralegal Bootcamp survey, I want to personally thank you. I know how busy you are, and it means a lot to me personally that you participated in it. Thank you for sharing. And don't forget to take away some of those actionable strategies for some of these three categories. All right, that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, hit the subscribe button in whatever platform you're listening. And please take a quick minute and leave a review of the podcast and share this episode with just one colleague or friend who you think would benefit from what we discussed today. 
share the knowledge, and the entire paralegal profession elevates. See you next week. Bye for now.